Chapter 8 How to Offer the Continual Sacrifice David discovered what is involved in offering the continual sacrifice for New Testament believers. As we have seen, the continual sacrifice appears in many places in the Bible. But in Hebrews 13.15, we find a clear explanation of what is involved in this sacrifice. First, it is a sacrifice of praise to God that is offered continually. It is an offering from our lips. So then, it involves a verbal expression of praise to the Lord. And that expression of praise includes giving thanks to His name. The Bible shows us that the concept of a continual sacrifice refers to a sacrifice every day in the morning and in the evening, and not a sacrifice every minute or that never ends. Of course, we are not limited to only two times each day. Our goal should be to grow in our walk with the Lord until we offer to Him praise and thanksgiving frequently throughout the day. David and the Bible show how it should be offered. We know that David prayed, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Psalms 141, 2. So, one important part of the continual burnt offering is to lift our hands before the Lord. Then, as we saw, David's last words to the priests and Levites was that they were to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord, and likewise at even. 1 Chronicles 23.30 Hebrews 13.15 confirms that the continual sacrifice consists of offering praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. We see then that this most important of all sacrifices to the Lord is not complicated, and it is something that most believers are able to do. We merely need to stand before the Lord every morning and every evening, lift our hands to Him, and offer to Him praise and thanksgiving. He promises to meet us there, to speak to us, and to show us His glory. Exodus 29, 42 and 43 What we are called to offer with the sacrifice As the Lord made clear to Moses, the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice are exactly the same, and the three articles that were offered along with the lamb in the morning were also offered during the evening sacrifice. Here is what the Lord instructed Moses. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year day by day continually, the one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even, and with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of beaten oil, and the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering. And the other lamb thou shalt offer it even, and shalt do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Exodus 29, 38-41 The three articles in this passage that were required to be offered with each lamb are in bold letters, flour, oil, and wine. What do these represent in our spiritual lives, and how do we offer them with our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving? Flower is a symbol of what? This same chapter, Exodus 29, reveals what flour symbolizes. In verse 2, flour is used to make bread, and bread is God's word. Jesus said, 
I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. John 6:51. John 1:14 gives us understanding of what Jesus was saying here. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Later, in John 6:63, Jesus also explains what he meant. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So then, how do we offer to God his own word as we give to him the morning and evening sacrifice? Jesus said that the Father seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Therefore, an acceptable sacrifice must include an expression of truth. But Jesus said that the Father's word is truth. John 17, 17. Therefore, we must offer to the Lord an expression of His word. He wants us to learn to offer worship to Him that is deeper than, Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. This expression of worship is acceptable for a newborn believer, but our God wants a conversation with us that becomes much deeper. A father of an infant child is very proud if his eight-month-old baby learns to say, Dada. The father wants all his friends to hear the child say, Dada, so they will be convinced that their friend has a brilliant baby who has learned to talk at a very early age. However, if 20 years later his child's total vocabulary is still, Dada, his pride is turned to sorrow and shame. He was hoping to one day carry on a meaningful conversation with his child, but that is not possible. If we, as worshipers, 20 years after being born again, only know how to say, Glory to God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Amen! We have not grown in our ability to offer to the Lord worship in spirit and in truth. Does this mean that we preach to the Lord during our worship? Not at all. Rather, the goal is for us to carry on a meaningful conversation with our Heavenly Father. He longs to hear His precious words of truth coming forth from our mouths. He wants us to learn to speak to Him in both praise and prayer with the eloquence of the Holy Spirit, not our own fleshly eloquence. This is one major reason why we should read the Bible every day, as the Lord commanded His kings to do. Deuteronomy 17, 18, and 19, and we are called to be kings. How can we speak words of truth to him in worship if we never meditate on his truth? How can we offer to him some of the deeper thoughts of his word if our minds and hearts are continually occupied in the cares, pleasures, and things of this earthly life? The psalmist declared, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. Psalm 71, 15. We do this by employing expressions and thoughts from his word. The same psalm goes on to say, I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth. Psalm 71, 22. This translation is not as clear as in the Spanish Bible, Reina Valera 60, where it says, I will sing to you your truth with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. In English, 
The Young's literal translation tells us what the Hebrew says literally. Thy truth, O my God, I sing to thee with a harp. There is no doubt that the Lord wants to hear his truth, his words, and his thoughts through our mouths, and not our own thoughts and words. His word never returns unto him void. Isaiah 55:11. But when we learn to worship in spirit and in truth, the Holy Spirit will speak through our mouths the words that he is speaking, and those words will accomplish glorious things in our lives, in the lives of others, and in the world around us. In light of this, the following verse in the Song of Solomon becomes clear and very precious. Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue. Song of Solomon 4.11 The word drop in Hebrew also means to prophesy as it is translated in Micah 2.6. And a definition of to prophesy is to speak by divine inspiration. The Lord's bride is called to speak to him by divine inspiration. Honey in the Bible is symbolic of revelation as when one's eyes are enlightened. In 1 Samuel 14:27, Jonathan's eyes were enlightened when he tasted a little honey. As many know, milk is symbolic of the word of God. 1 Peter 2, 2. What an awesome privilege has been granted to us as priests unto God. Every morning and evening, the Lord can find in our speech, under our tongue, milk and honey. He can find His word that we speak to Him in worship by the inspiration of the Spirit. He has called us to live in the land of milk and honey. Exodus 3, 8 When a new believer begins to worship the Lord, his worship will be very basic. But with time, as he learns God's ways and his word, his expression of worship will become a greater and greater delight for the Lord. Father Abraham is an example for us, and he prepared a meal for the Lord. Genesis 18 We want the Lord to feed us, but we can also feed him with our worship. The more we prepare a table before the Lord, the more he will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Psalms 23, 5. One of the reasons why it is so important to be faithful to offer to the Lord the morning and evening sacrifice is that during those times of worship, we can learn to find His word in our mouth by means of those times of practice. David, the great worshiper, in his last words at the end of his life said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. 2 Samuel 23, 1 and 2. The Lord found honey and milk in David's tongue. May the Lord grant us his grace to become worshipers like King David and so become a delight to our Creator's heart. Oil is a symbol of what? The second thing that must accompany our continual burnt offering is oil. Once again, Exodus 29.2 helps us understand how acceptable sacrifices are offered to the Lord. There we see how oil was offered. It was placed upon the bread that the priests offered. We need to remember that every jot and tittle of the law reveals spiritual truth for the New Testament believer. What does oil symbolize? What Samuel did to David gives us the answer. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, 
and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. 1 Samuel 16.13 The Bible speaks much about the anointing of the Lord. His anointing is the Lord's presence through the Holy Spirit as seen in the anointing of David. The New Testament confirms this. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said to the disciples, Ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. John 14, 17. After the cross, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and later John wrote, The anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. 1 John 2, 27. Now we can understand what Jesus meant when he said that the Father seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. We have the privilege of offering to him the truth of his word, but anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit, just as David testified that the Spirit spoke by him and his word was in his tongue. This is what the bread anointed with oil reveals. This is to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Wine is a symbol of what? Speaking of what the earth brings forth, Psalms 104.15 includes, Wine that maketh glad the heart of man. The phrase, maketh glad, is the translation of just one Hebrew word, and it also means, to cause to rejoice. Speaking of the men of Ephraim, Zechariah 10.7 declares that, Their heart shall rejoice as through wine. The Hebrew word here is the same as in Psalms 104.15. In other words, the Bible links wine to joy. What does this have to do with an offering of praise to the Lord every morning and every evening? Our offering of praise needs to be offered to the Lord with wine, that is, with joy. Our sacrifice must not be offered to the Lord when there is a groan in our spirits because it is too early in the morning or too late at night. We must not allow the preferences of our flesh to cause us to come dragging into the presence of the Lord reluctantly. Rather, we should recognize the enormous privilege it is to come before the Lord and to offer to Him worship that will delight the Creator's heart. Along with our sincere worship, we should include a sacrifice of joy to the Lord as seen in Psalms 27.6. I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. We should offer to the Lord the continual burnt offering with wine, joy. A sacrifice is something that costs us, and so it is with a sacrifice of joy. There will be times when faithfully offering the morning and evening sacrifice to the Lord will not be pleasant to our fleshly man. It is then that we need to make a decision to show joy or brighten up. After all, we are coming before the God of the universe the King of all kings. If we were to come before the leader of our country, would we do so with a long face? No matter how sad or burdened we might be at the moment, we would brighten up. We would put on a good face. If we did not, it would give a message that we do not feel privileged to spend time with such an important person. Nehemiah, the king's cupbearer, who served him wine every day, understood this. When he entered the king's presence with a sad countenance, the king asked him why his countenance was sad. When the king asked him this, Nehemiah said that he was very sore afraid.
Why was he extremely fearful? Because to enter a Persian king's presence without having a joyful countenance could cost any subject his life. Doing so gave a very negative and disparaging message to the king. All the possible messages that the king might receive from a sad countenance would be negative. Maybe it showed how very hard it was to live under his rulership. Or, people living in his kingdom were very sad and oppressed. There was no joy living under his authority. Such an unappreciative and unthankful message deserved death in those days. The Lord will not slay us if we enter his presence with a sad countenance. However, we risk not receiving the fullness of the blessing that he wants to give us. We will likely lose the privilege of delighting his heart if we do not enter his presence with a thankful and joyful heart for being included in his kingdom. After all, his kingdom is one of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14:17. We too are called to be his cupbearers and to daily give him wine that brings him joy along with our worship. May we learn to give him a sacrifice of joy as we draw near to the King of glory.